Welcome to Kilts and Culture with USA Kilts. We're here to talk about all things Highland dress, the cultures and the heritage that created it, and how to enjoy the kilt in the 21st century. From tartan and trues to haggis and history, we cover it all. So sit back, grab your beverage of choice, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kilts and Culture. I am Rocky. This is my fabulous co-host, Mr. Eric. Yo. Today, special treat, we are drinking Auchentoshin. And it was Yeah, we were just discussing this. If anyone knows, we didn't do any research. If anyone knows where the name came from, that sounds German to me. So I'm very curious why it sounds German, but Auchentoshin. Um, Auchentoshin mm. has man, uh, the, the tasting notes. Mandarins, toffee, and honeysuckle from Oloroso and bourbon casks. Bourbon casks. Okay. Interesting. So, in accordance with the social distancing thing, we did the pre-pours. So, Mac, you have yours over there? You good? I do. Very good. Right here. Mr. Eric, you got yours? Yes, sir. <clears throat> going to give it a little sniffy sniff. I'm going to pour some water in in a sec. Uh, we, we poured these about 30 minutes ago? 45 yeah, minutes like ago? Yeah. yeah. So we've let them breathe for a little bit, kind of gas off a little bit. It smells sweet. I, I I did get the, I mean it's leading the witness of reading what it says on the yeah. box first, yeah, yeah. but um I went I I do, uh smell the uh, toffee scent. Actually. I'm I'm getting more flowery like the honeysuckle thing. Hmm. So. Yeah, your nose is broken. Most likely. <laughs> You also poured water in it already, right? Yeah, I always do. Because yeah. I know I'm going to want to. I know. So. I'm, I want to as well, but it's. I just want to take a sip without. It's like warmed my whole tongue. My whole tongue like started salivating. I don't know if that's just like what happened to me just now today, <laughs> or if that's like something that happens. Do either of you get... Oh, uh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, now that you mentioned, but I don't know if it's like Pavlovian response, you know, <laughs> I just, in my tongue, I was like, oh, yeah, I wish salivate. I had that power for real. <laughs> what, to make people salivate? To, I don't well, think that's uh, the power you want. To have, a, <laughs> it's going to get creepy fast, mm. folks. Um, no, it's, a, you know, power of suggestion in mm. general. Mm -hmm. You will buy a kilt. You say, will you, buy you a kilt. You want uh, the eight yard. <laughs> eight yard. Why does he sound like count from <laughs> just think the same thing that's, that's one of the places i can do it's like okay. I, do a, I do a decent uh, 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 Lugosi, you know you bought eight yards all right uh. so anyway scotch okay hmm the name translates to corner of the field okay corner of the field mm -hmm. that's cool actually i kind of like that indeed it's, it's it's more intriguing than you know valley of the stag or mountain of the stag or Stag of the stag of the stag, you know. Hmm. That's so where like the corner of the field. Still? Wonder where the wonder where the the name came from. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so what was it? Honeysuckle and honeysuckle, mandarin and toffee. It's a little bit of an orangey. Yeah, a tiny bit of the citrus. Not yeah. a, not overwhelming, but a little bit. What I'm, it's it's interesting to me because we um I've been drinking Macallan at home. Okay. Thank you for allowing me that. 
the bottle, by the way. And, Blending. Uh, it's sweet and relatively smooth, and and you know, yeah, mm -hmm. a little, little honey, a little fruity. Yeah. Um, this is like that with like a dash of Lafroy in it. There's like some peatiness to it, but not a lot of peatiness. Yeah, there's a little bit, some kind of kick. It's not. Yeah. It's a twelve year, so it's it's reasonably aged, but it's not it's not super smooth. It's definitely no. got a little bit more of a bite to it. Yeah, it has a little, I think it's the bourbon cask. I think is what is. I think that's what's making that's the difference. That's a fair assessment. The fact that it's the it's a bourbon cask one. There's a little, just a tiny touch of iodine. Water definitely helped cut it. I will generally, um, I'll say I like it. It's a, it's a tiny bit, like I said, it's a little bit iodine, so it's a little bit smoky, just a tiny bit. Um, pretty sweet. I'd say it's pretty sweet. And I do like the, I picked up on the toffee uh, overtone right away, and I'm still getting that. A little caramelly now. Maybe a little caramelly? I don't get the toffee. I get a little bit of caramel-ish, like the sweetness kind of thing. Um, I definitely I definitely had the floral. Um, definitely get a little little burnier um, mm -hmm. than some others we've tried. Uh, okay. I think it's more, it's more in the nose, I think. Mac, you've but been reasonably quiet like about it. it. Over there like diligently working instead of drinking. Drink up, boy. <laughs> stop, stop paying attention to those people. And now there's a, we're looking into a, there's a, a, a bot issue here that I'm seeing uh, reposting stuff. So I'm looking into that ah, at the same time. Uh, wonderful. So I'm working on fixing that. Welcome to Friday our robot 13. overlords. Yeah. <laughs> our robot overlords are here with us. I am Kiltbot 3000. <laughs> So hopefully Coraline is seeing you that, vent that too. That as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not really getting. Uh, I know you. Somebody, one of you said about the orange flavor. I'm not really getting any any orange. Getting, I, I'll give them the toffee and I give them the honey. You said honeysuckle, right? Yeah, yeah. I give them that, but I can't I'm remember not, what honeysuckle is supposed to smell like. It's like but. like honeyish flowers, maybe. Uh, mm. I remember like used to suck on them when we were kids. Back in my day. Hmm. I'd say the the toffee caramelly is more what I get. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. There's a little bit if this if there's citrus there, it's like orange rind. It's like a bitter orange kind of a, a little, little zest in there. Yes. Like a little bit of zest. A wee bit of zest. Hmm. Yeah. I'm getting a little heartburny on it. Some I do, some I don't. That's my own personal thing. Sure. Cross to bear. Um Alright, so Mac. It's a St. Andrew's cross to bear. Oh. Um, Mac, Akintosh in 12. What is your score? 1 to 10. Get in there. Give me the decimal. Mm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go 4.8. Mm. All right. So slightly below average. Just kind of like middle of the road. Right below the it's mean. It's not really okay. knocking my socks off, but it's really not like. Interesting. It's kind of uh, it's meh, middle of the road. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. As some of our kilt makers would say. Mm hmm it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Eric. Um, I like it. I'm, I'm going to give it, uh, I'll give it like a 6.7. 6.7? 6, yeah. Okay. Reasonably strong score. Reasonably. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I think I'm closer to Mac. I'm probably, uh, we didn't touch on the price. The price of this, I think, is about 50 or 60 a bottle, mm. I think. 
Um, Matt, can you confirm that real quick? We don't your, always mention the price. Google Foo. I know, I know, I know. But I'm trying to start getting into mentioning the and price. It, it's a lowland scotch, right? I think from what I remember seeing. Arkintosh very... and 12. No, I don't think it says. I thought I saw on the website. I'm heading back there right this moment. Well, the, their website's not going to get the price. Well, that, that that is an interesting distinction, though. I don't know if we've ever done a lowland. Sherry casks. Here, okay, Wait, I'll give it. Sherry? I'll give you the shtick. I'll give you the shtick. You that said it was it a bourbon cask. It said on the front, bourbon. They lie. Oloroso, I think it's the sherry part. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yes. Alcatosh and Twelve Year ages gracefully in American bourbon and Oloroso sherry casks. The result: okay. a smooth and complex single malt Scotch whiskey with notes of mandarins, toffee, and honeysuckle. Um, it doesn't say Lowland Highland or anything like that. Um, well, since so, we just had Veterans Day, the the. Uh, a German bomb in 1941 destroyed part of the factory. So Good to know. We've What's got the a price? little bit of... Uh, <laughs> it's Friday the 13th, okay. just for, for the record, so something will go wrong at some point today. Just if because. It's, if it's bots listening on the show, I'll just take that. Yes. Our, that's it. We'll call that as that's done. That's it. Yes, it's done. Do we have a price? Um, no. Seeing a whole range of stuff here. Hold on. Yeah, that's all right. right. Well... Not we don't it. need to belabor it. It's okay. Yeah. The So I'd say it's it's not... It's not cheap, but it's not super expensive. It's middle of the roadish. Mid forties. Mid forties. Average. Okay. 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 Then it's a little bit less than I thought. Hey, for forty um, bucks, I'd say it's really good, for the for that price. I wouldn't. I would say this for forty bucks, that's about what it's worth. I'm comparing okay. this in my mind. I don't know anything. To no 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 no, no. I to <laughs> me ahead. it's it's a yeah, personal go ahead, thing. Go ahead. Um, to me, Shield Egg, at about forty bucks, thirty five bucks, like somewhere in there is much better than the price. Okay. I actually told Kelly about it. I'm like, yo, if anyone needs to get me scotch for Christmas, get me this. It's reasonably priced. You're not going to put people out, and mm -hmm. I like it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. This one, I'd say, it, if it's all they had at 40 bucks or 45 bucks, sure, fine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go f four or five. Yeah, a little bit lower than Mac. Mm. Um, yeah, all right. I'm the fine. outlier. Serviceable. I think I like I think I think I think I like things that are less peaty than you guys do. That might be part of it. Shield egg has no peat. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was the um, the gift we... one from. Uh, oh, how quickly uh, I forget. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I we I'm I'm finished. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay. That bottle that bottle's gone, and I think I have another one on the way. Hmm. <clears throat> Somebody did make a uh, Jeremy made a reference to this. This is a very good scotch for beginners. It's like a more of an entry level. Well, that's me then. I'm just. I. I'm going to disagree with that. Okay. Because it's a little bit harsh. If I'm going to go with a scotch for beginners, I would personally, I would not think that I'm not that much more than a beginner myself. Um, but I would go with something mellower that's not going to yeah. you know, overpower one way or the other or be too harsh. Right. I'd go with something mid, like, like Shield Egg. Again, I'm harping on that. Um, but I'd go with something that's a little bit mellower in a cheaper price point. <laughs> USA Kilts, Kilts and Culture, brought to you by I Shield Egg Scotch. Yes. Not Akintoshin. <laughs> <laughs> Anything but that. All right, fair enough. Very good. Yeah. Cool. So, that's about it. Not bad. Yeah. Not great, but not bad. Splash a little bit more and then just nurse it the rest of the show. Like we'll splash a little bit more whiskey. Ooh, that was too much. It's still whiskey, so I will drink it. Boys and girls out there on the interwebs, load in your questions. Anything you need to know about Scotch, which we won't know how to answer, or Kilts of Culture. And all you all you bots out there have your kilt questions. You know? Indeed. Mm -hmm. Yes. How are kilt made, sir? <laughs> I don't know. What is clan tartan? 
Tomiorigato, Mr. Babato. I am an IBM on my mother's side. And I also <laughs> wear a Commodore Tartan. Yeah. Uh, yes. Showing my age. Indeed. All right. Thank you. Start off do you want one or should I do it? Okay. You start off with one over right. there. I'll start from one here. Indeed. Oh, All right. I forgot to mention the, the oft-coveted, highly sought-after USA kilts. Scotch glasses. Scotch glasses. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This question is, is actually from multiple viewers, and uh, this is more of a very general one. And I, I basically put this together. I aggregated from various people asking. I don't necessarily wear a kilt. I don't necessarily wear a kilt, but I do want to incorporate my heritage into my life in general. You know, honor it in a personal way, kind of on a daily basis. If I'm not wearing a kilt or kilts aside, what can I do? What do you recommend? Yeah, and I'd, I'd say this is, um, a lot of people have this, even if they do wear a kilt, but they can't wear it every day or they don't know, or they don't want to wear it every right. day. They only have one kilt, whatever. How else can they incorporate the stuff in? My mind goes to uh, thinking of like, what, what pillars you would have of heritage. Um, so pillars, I would say um, music, is an easy pillar. There's a ton of yeah. Irish, Scottish, you know, Celtic inf influenced, if nothing else, music out there. Um, food would mm -hmm. be another pillar mm -hmm. that you could do. Mm -hmm. um, incorporating symbolism, whether it's just Celtic knotwork stuff or a shirt or something else that can be that can express your heritage. Tattoos. If Tattoos. I dare say it. Tattoos. Fair. Fair. Yeah. That's part of symbolism. Um, I'd also say. Images in the house, whether you have wall art, Celtic right. cross, or a nice yep. Celtic knotwork, wooden carved thing, whatever. So a bunch of different things. My first thought is that my impression from the people asking the question, all of them, was that some of them had family traditions that they wanted to take on, and others did okay. not. Like they they were they they found out later that they had you know Celtic roots in the family, or they a knew DNA they had study or something yeah, yeah or they knew they had celtic uh ancestry and family family but the family never did anything with it. it so it was kind of a mix so my where my mind went was to uh research and culture on your own in order to bring stuff in if you don't have grandpa to ask about what do you guys do at the holidays or you know what do you why do you drink this thing or any of that if you don't have a family connection you can talk to directly how do you go about doing it? And luckily, we're in the age of the internet, so it's not that hard. Um, my first thought was make sure you get out to a festival or two. Yep. Uh, and uh, look into things like um, uh, UK-based media. And I'm not talking Doctor Who, but, you know, like 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 BBC Scotland has some really <coughs> cool stuff. Um, the uh, We've mentioned before that uh, Ireland has an all-Gaelic uh, channel, and they, they do a lot of good cultural content coming out of there. You can find ways to connect with the country as it is right now, as well as with the history. And I think that's a nice way to kind of make it present present in mind. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah. There's, always, there's always a little bit of news and trivia you can pick up on. And there's customs which are coming out of there which you may not consider doing uh, without otherwise knowing about. It. Like Hogmanay is yeah. the first one that comes to mind. There are holidays and, and traditions that are over there now um, that with a little bit of poking, not too much, you can find out a little bit about it and maybe bring it into your own life. I will, I will point out this as well. The, uh, uh, the family connection and meaning passing it down from one generation to the next is very, very important. If you have your own family tradition with it, if it skips, if, if two generations in a row, or you know, one, two, like your grandparents and your parents don't care about the tradition, then it will die, and then you will have to resurrect it based on the interweb searches versus something being passed down. 
Yeah. Um, for my family itself, we're mostly German. We never did anything German. We didn't have the the, the feather tree or you know, like the the, you know, the 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 German stuff that they did at Christmas. My neighbor across the street was like literally her parents were from Germany, German, mm-hmm. and she grew up there till two, she was two or three years old and came over to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had very very German traditions at Christmas, which I found interesting. Like you know putting stuff in the in the clogs and the shoes the days up leading up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Those kind of things can get, you know, passed over and forgot about if you don't continue passing it down. Kelly's family, uh, her mother is Polish, and they still, for Easter, you know, they do babka and, you know, gomkis and, like, uh, bosh and all this, you know, Polish stuff. Not not the bosh doesn't make me hungry. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the smoked sausage does. The um, But they do all this kind of Polish stuff, even though it's... Uh, uh, my Sue, my mother, you know Sue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's her parents that were Polish um, and came over. So it's, you know, now the third generation, Liam is getting to uh, experience it. When we sing yep. happy birthday to anybody, they do the Polish version of happy birthday at the end. Um, it's just, it's cool watching it be passed down, and that's how you do it. That's how you, you make sure it lives on by passing it down in that I think way. Whether you have the family connection or not, all traditional culture gets a boost during holidays you know Very i mean we're, com- we're coming up on the holidays the horror days as i sometimes call it um so you know christmas and and new years and stuff every country every culture has their own twist on it their own uh different traditions um and then springtime with easter traditions and stuff like that so the holidays can be a really good hook to get you to start thinking about and to to kick your brain into exploring the music like you said you're going to hear more traditional music now, this time of year, leading into the holidays than you do other times of year. I mean, everybody, it's a cliche at this point in this country to like have, you know, the Chieftain's Bells of Dublin, you know, as part of your yeah. Christmas music list. So, you know, it's kind or of the, like... Or the Pogues, Christmas in New York. I was going to mention the Pogues and I was going to mention the, the, I was going to mention Dropkick too. But, but, but you know what I mean? It's like music is a huge part of the holidays. So it's like, Okay, holiday traditions. Well, what what would be the holiday traditions of my family? Okay, what kind of music would my family listen to? Okay, um, and and it's a it's a nice way to just kind of kickstart your thinking. I think at least this time of year. The Agreed. rest of the year, like I said, I would try and get out to a festival, um, and that's a great microcosm. Also, if you look at the merchants, you're going to see what kind of artwork motifs are very common. Um, Clothing, gonna... artwork, music, food, yep. all in yep, one the whole location. Thing. Yeah, and and if you're lucky, presenters, speakers. Um, you know, it's not just the surface level stuff, I think is the thing. And speaking as a folklore fan, um, find a tr- book of traditional, you know, Scottish stories or traditional Irish stories or Welsh stories. Um, dig into the folklore. If you have kids, find some Celtic bedtime stories. You know, it's, uh, there's there's all kinds of different ways to chip away at this. Um, so there's just, no really, no wrong answer. There's no wrong way to do it. I remember my, uh, uh, it just popped into my brain. I remember my high school German teacher like reading us German nursery rhymes and like remembering how messed up they were. Like dude, like tears right. himself into like it's just like right. really right. really dark stuff to be saying to little kids at bedtime. Like oh he ripped himself in half. Sweet dreams, Jimmy. Ha <laughs> ha. You know. <laughs> There's some pretty messed up Irish stuff too, though. I mean, fair, fair. Like the fairies know. and the yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but, there's some dark stuff out there. Yeah, yeah, but but. So, you know, pain and trauma like that begins in the home, is I think what we're really saying. <laughs> um, no, actually, that's another thing, is like superstitions. 
you know, you know, think there, there's all these traditional cultures. Knocking have, on wood. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that Irish or something? Knocking on wood. Or? I don't know because you know what? My wife works with people in India, and they have a similar expression called touch wood. Yeah. And it's like I don't know if they picked it up from the Brits when when the Brits were there, or if it was indigenous, and maybe they taught it to the. I don't know where it came from originally. My but my. It's, there's different versions of that all over. Was it? But. I, I researched. We are I shaggy dogging like before. crazy. We are officially uh, in shaggy dogs. I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. Fine. Um, the uh, uh, I think it's something to do with like there's tree fairies and you knock on wood so they can't hear what you're saying. Something that spirits uh. are, or fairies that live in trees okay. and live in okay. wood. So you knock on the wood so they can't hear what you're saying. I believe. No. Don't quote me. I Mac. Oh, Max got it. Yes. Yes. Ding, ding, it ding. is a it is an ancient pagan it is a phenomenon oh. to ancient pagan cultures. Dude, I win. But I where? need to do a victory Such lap. as the Celts, um, the Celts. Okay. Mm. who believe that spirits and gods resided in the trees. Knocking on the tree trunks may okay. uh, yeah, rouse the spirits cool. and call on their protection. I feel nice. more righteous than I should right now <laughs> in knowing that. Consider, <laughs> considering it's a pagan thing and I, you knew it and I didn't, that's yes. pretty awesome. I win. Okay. How do you I win bowed, an episode? I, I bow to her ex expertise. <laughs> I don't know, you're competitive as hell, so I'm sure oh. you'll find a way. <laughs> Just a, just a little it's, bit. It's a thing. It's, yes. But All right. yeah, I think that's the thing is like there's there's so many ways to do it. Just follow your bliss. You know, it, you, and it, it, it can be stuff you wear. It can be jewelry. It can be clothing. I think that's easy and music is easy. And then look into traditions. Yeah, there, there's just, a lot of... roll with it. Let one go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, there's surface level stuff that are easy to fold into your daily life. Eat Walker shortbread. You know, it's, it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's. There's fun ways to experience it, and then there's deeper ways, more, not I won't say difficult, but you know, more effort put yeah. into it. Um, but there's all kinds of things you can do. Some that cost money, some that don't cost money. Yeah, free. Yep. Cool. Yep. Very good. Hope that helps. Yeah. Enjoy, Mr. Mac. Alrighty, they are rolling in here pretty quick. Nice. Um, uh oh. Thank you, boys and girls. So it, I am, it is. They're keeping on my. I'm keeping me on my toes right now as uh, getting these loaded in. Are they all bots? Are they actually? Human? I don't know. <laughs> there was a question: Do bots wear kilts? So. Oh, nice. So that uh, if that my son has through. anything to do with it, they will. They they do they do, but the tartans are all in binary. <clears throat> so it's black know. and white. It's yeah, fine. It's, it's like Menzies. It's very boring. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's fine. So we should probably first start off with what uh, tartans are y'all wearing? What tartans Thank are y'all wearing? Yep. Eric, what tartans are you wearing? I'm just, it's not a tartan. It's, uh, it's an estate tweed. Uh, or, or, uh, versus tweed. Burns. Tweed yeah, I call it a tweed. It looks kind of like a Burns check, kind of a check, but it's basically just a tweed. It's not tweed fabric, interestingly enough. It is actually tartan weave, so it's like stronger than a tweed. Kind of thing, yeah, yeah, it's a worsted, but it's, uh, but, uh, it's one of my go-tos for, you know, Country, country dress. Yes, country gent. Yes, that, that country gent. Mr. Yeah. Mack, what are you rocking back there today? We've got the uh, the county down on. Nice. You verifying? I, <laughs> You're just like... I'm blinded. <laughs> so you're trying to look under Mack's table. <clears throat> shh, shh, don't tell Kelly. <laughs> um, I am wearing oh, the Pennsylvania State Seal Tartan that was designed by yours truly in-house for us. Pennsylvanians, even though there is an official Pennsylvania tartan, this is not it. This one was based on the, the great seal of the state. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Cool. Mr. Mack. So we have uh, Bobby asking, what is your favorite fur for dress sporans and why? I wonder if he has, that sounds familiar. I wonder if he asked that on the group too. Oh. Go ahead. Um, my favorite fur probably can't be gotten 
legally in the States, uh, would be Seal. Um, from an aspect of, it's hard wearing, it's gonna last a long time, it's got a good sheen to it, it's shorter hair, um, so it's not gonna shed, anything like that. Um, it's, it's a nice fur. It's not super exotic, there's a ton of them out there because that's you know what they're made from in Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, but as a standard go-to, I'd say Seal. Um, if I'm going to go for my own personal spawn here in the States, because I can't get seal, um, legally, <laughs> um, I would say probably fox. Brown fox is probably my favorite because it's a little bit shorter hair. It's a summer coat. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a nice, natural, fluffy enough, not too fluffy, flat enough, not too flat, uh, enough texture, not too much texture. Fox. Okay, Goldilocks. Okay. Indeed. Yeah. It's just right. Yeah, it's. this is a tough one for me, um, just because I'm <coughs> horrible at making decisions. You know, but, uh, um, I was going to say Fox, you know, because it, it adds a little extra, it adds a little bit of zing of color, stands on its own. You don't have to worry about it clashing with the tartan, of course, but, uh, you know, it just has, has some presence. Um, I, uh, I like Seal. But if I was gonna go for a really for a fancy dress sporn, my dream, which I don't actually own one yet because I'm cheap, is uh, I want a really nice goat hair one. I just I like the uh, because it harkens back to that time period when it was more popular. You know, I'm a Victorian kind of guy, and uh, I just I just like the the shape of it, the the the, the long lack yeah, the of long, tassels. Yeah, the yeah. long tassels and everything. So um, with tassels or without tassels. Nah, I'd probably do without tassels. Yeah, actually. most Victorians didn't have. Yeah, tassels yeah, I'd, do, I'd probably do without tassels. Um, but uh, yeah, just because it and it's a little different. You know, I like things that are a little bit different, so I'd probably go with that. Um, but it's hard to choose. I mean, I could collect them all. You know what I mean? I have a skunk one already. I have a a, a semi dress spore in, in skunk, which I really really like. But I feel like it's. I could. I, I've worn it for quasi formal occasions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like like argyle level, but for PC level, I'd want to go. I'd, I'd really love to have it go all one. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Mac, what's your just out of curiosity? I'm gonna pull you into this one. I like the red fox. I just like yeah. the look of red fox. I think we're kind of all in that same group. Fox of is fox. hard to beat. Yeah, from the shop, we've had some come in in different in different things. We've seen different sporns out there with even with feathers and and even some Those of the good. some of the ones we've seen with um, so more of the exotic furs. Mm -hmm. I still think fox is just it just it, it goes well with everything too. Mm-hmm. The one, okay, here, if we're going to go exotic, let's go a little tangential. Go a little weird? Okay. Go a little weird. Um, <clears throat> I saw um, our spore maker had a, uh, a a polar bear fleece at one point, and it made a couple... Yeah, fur. Fur, whatever. It's skin with fur on it. <laughs> okay. Um, he did a couple dress borns with that and then had the claws as the tassels, like the nails. That was pretty <laughs> BA. Okay. I, I did dig okay. on it. That sounds cool. Uh, the other one he did, which I thought was a, a pretty funny, funny original end around, was he uh, uh, he got a tiger pelt. It was actually an old carpet, carpet. that he yeah. got in his estate sale. That's how that you was do it. Pre nineteen hundred, yep. and made sporins out of the tiger pelt, um, yep. which was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, legal because it was before you yep. know the ban period. Um, no, you're just upcycling it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, absolutely, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's upcycled like um, mink coats from grandma and that kind of thing. Um, I saw on his Facebook page, you know, you know, hey, we made like 
15 sporins and three purses out of this mink coat. Huh. Um, so it's it's a neat way to recycle old stuff. That's cool. Yeah, between rugs. Between, yeah, it's, it, if you think about it, it's you're using the same thing. It's the same quality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just you're using it in a different way. Mm -hmm. If I were going to go weird, exotic, I think I'd definitely do something African. A wildebeest would be pretty pretty wild. Okay. Or okay. Um, gazelle is what I'm gazelle. thinking. Yeah, yeah gazelle would be nice. I've seen a couple yeah. where they do gazelle and they leave the ridge of the fur like from the back of their neck on as an effect and that's kind of yep. kind of funky looking. But now, see, I've seen them do it with zebra, but <clears throat> zebra is just a little bit too out there for me. And that brings in some of the, the intricacies of spore and making is making sure that the fur is pointing down mm -hmm. and the, the issue, the same kind of thing you have with uh, stingray where like everybody who wants a stingray leather wallet or whatever mm -hmm. wants the eye of the stingray, but there's only one eye per stingray. So it's difficult in that way. Huh. Same kind of thing with the, uh, with any animals, you have to make sure the fur is going the same direction and generally right. you take it from the back, not the sides right. where it turns to white or gets to a lighter fur or softer and that mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. want it to be consistent across the front of the sporn. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going into weird territory here. So I apologize. Yes, you are. But it's, yes, you are. uh, yeah. Mac, what's your what's your exotic outlier? I don't know. I kind of like some of the uh, the cats that are uh, more spotted, um, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. like a uh, not like a cheater, but like I'm does Brittany have an animal you no longer want? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have plenty of cats right now. Um, <laughs> hopefully, they're soon going. Um, but now, by natural causes, for the record, yes, yes, <laughs> right. they're going. They're being adopted. We are currently fostering them. So okay, okay. Um, the uh, write your letters. <laughs> Um, but like the, uh, like an ocelot or something, something mm -hmm. that has a little bit of a different, yeah, different yeah, fur, gives a different little bit of texture cool. to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another random one I'd like to see at some point, gator. I've seen gator. Okay. In fact, I think we, uh, we've had one or two people on the Kilts and Culture group who have made hmm. stuff out of, out of alligator over the, over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the color, that could yep. be neat. Yeah. We have Howler Monkey on, uh, online here. So Howler Monkey? Yeah. Somebody's saying Howler Monkey. Yeah. I could see that. I could mm -hmm. see that. Okay. Yeah. Blue ass baboon? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. But Next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on. <clears throat> Before right. we start killing every species. Ay <laughs> vey. Okay. Um real quick one, I think. I don't know. Um Brian Jackson, uh when can a Braemar jacket be worn? You should probably define Bra what a Braemar jacket yeah. is. A Braemar, a Crail, and an Argyle jacket. All three are very, very, very similar. The main difference is the cuff. On an argyle, you have a gauntlet cuff, which is the scallops and the three lines and three buttons across the bottom of the cuff. A crail cuff is just a plain finished hemmed end to the bottom of the sleeve, and then a single button on the back side of the arm. A braemar cuff is a little patch of fabric that's actually sewn on top, usually the same color as the jacket, that has a little bit of scalloping, and then three buttons going vertically up the sleeve like it's on a, uh, a Prince Charlie jacket and vest. There's one right behind you. There's one right behind me. This is a Braemar jacket that happens to be in a, a gray tweed type fabric. You can also have a Braemar jacket in black, just like an Argyle jacket. Right. You can also have a Crail jacket in black or in different colors. Argyle, Crail, Braemar define the cut of the jacket and then the material makes it either tweed or or black barathea, it's it's it makes it different. But the cut of the jacket is either Braemar, Crail, or Argyle. 
Yeah, and there, there's not much differentiation between the bodies of the jackets. It's really these appointments that we're talking about. Yeah. And if you've, if you've picked up the term Braemar jacket from our website or from another vendor, um, we will tend to use those terms for those appointments as a descriptor for the jacket as a whole. So it can lead to a little bit of confusion. Some people I think will see, oh, all Braemar jackets are gray, <coughs> all Argyles are black. Um, and while it might be a majority for, for some things, you know, like all Prince Charlies are black. Well, there's plenty of different colored PCs out there. Not always a good idea. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's really, in terms of the formality, uh, the appointments of the jacket are not going to be nearly as important as the fabric. Something which uh, is a uh, a tweed or a you know a, a soft gray like the jacket that's behind Rocky um, is not going to be good for an after six you know semi formal to formal setting. Whereas if you had the exact same appointments on a black jacket, used silver buttons instead of the antler buttons, then that's going to be fine. For something like what we call our Braemar jacket, um, it's like a tweed, so consider it for day use and maybe casual nice, you know, day, casual nice. Like yeah, day. looking nice for a date night, but not yeah. a formal occasion. Going to a wedding, you're not in the wedding. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You can have a tweed argyle jacket. The cut of the jacket, the cuffs on the jacket are an argyle cut made from tweed. You can have right. a a, a formalesque Braemar jacket in black Barathea. So it's the cut of the jacket versus the material of the jacket. Yeah. I think the material is the more important factor for formality. Agreed. Yeah. At least with Highland wear. Yep. So, so Braemar, yes, you can wear formal, formalesque or day wear, but it depends on the fabric that the jacket's made from. Was that you or was that Clear Mac? as mud. That was me. Indeed. Mr. Mac? All righty. So we've got a, an interesting <coughs> what-if question. Um, okay. And apparently I missed the uh, who. Didn't copy and paste over, so another thir another Friday the 13th the thing mystery. there. It was, a, it was a Googlebot. Yeah, Googlebot, yeah. Um, the question is, if a new clan chief were radically to change their crest from their predecessors, Thus, the clan crest is now changed. How would that impact? How much impact would that have? Social, ec economic, or emotional to to the clan? It would confuse things. Yeah, um, it would muddy things. I don't think it would have a big impact. Let's let's use Cameron. Cameron decides that they no longer want to have their crest. They want to do a hand and a sword. Tell me the camera doesn't have a hand and a sword. <laughs> they want to change to something different. And they say, this is now the crest, Hanukkah, Danica. This is what it is, you know, period. Um, some companies would probably carry the old one. Um, certain companies might quickly design a new one just so they can get the blessing of Lord Lion and say, okay, this is the official one. We're now carrying this one as well. Um, some companies, if they're smart, carry both and say, Cameron, you know, old Clan Crest, Cameron, new Clan Crest, or Cameron 2020 Crest, Cameron 2019 and before Crest, whatever. Um, so they would make, they would differentiate uh, between the two. Yeah. But I don't think it would be wouldn't be a major thing. I think I think there are manufacturers out there who'd be like, ha ha, another thing we can make money off of. You know, now we can sell them both. Yeah. But uh, 
Um, it's a very interesting question. I don't think it's very... If somebody knows better and it has happened, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't feel like something that has happened in recent history at all. Is there, is there an example? Somebody did say Clan Murray did it in the 70s. In, back in the 70s. So I don't know if that was the last time. Okay. I don't know. I kind of view it as like the like a motto being changed. Like we've seen some of the military mottos change. Yeah. Like I'm kind of viewing it that way. Well, where and, I don't... and new tartans have been developed. I mean, I know that. Or, or, or different versions of the tartan. Like the preference of the Lord is the hunting tartan. So that's what we'd, he'd prefer to have used for formal occasions as opposed to the modern. But it's know, not. Yes, other. but it's that's the preference of the Lord. It's not like he's saying, okay, right. the dress tartan that the previous guy said was good. You know, nix that, done. This is the new one. They don't right. usually do that. Sometimes, like in the case of Macmillan, Macmillan Black, their clan chief has come out and said, no, this is not an official tartan. Yeah. Or Campbell saying, Campbell of Argyle is not an official tartan. Um, so there are certain instances where, someone, where a clan chief will make a decision on it, but it's not like they're policing it. Mm -hmm. To me, the whole thing is based on tradition and carrying the tradition forward. So to, to change the tradition outside of it being... Uh, suspect or or something that like doesn't play in today's date and time kind of thing um there's no reason to change the tradition that's very interesting question i think the the reasons why you do it would be very idiosyncratic like you said it could be like something like you know this thing has now been associated with these guys who we hate so we're going to change our yeah. crest or this we was based in slavery therefore we're going to change like right. i could see right. like something like that that's what i mean by like it doesn't fit in the current day or but... or somebody uncovers a new fact about the history and find out oh wait the guy who wore this at this battle it wasn't that thing it was actually this other thing so they change it cuz they've they've made a new discovery about the clan history maybe yeah you know but um but I, in terms of the cultural impact, it would depend on the individuals. I think if it's a larger clan, you'll have people who are basically, you know, adopt it immediately. And you may have some old, old guys who are like, no, this is what it was when I grew up. And that's what it's going to be. And I'm going to wear. If it's a very large clan, if it's a smaller clan, I think they'd be, I'm going to say more likely to embrace a change because they're, because they're going to have more. But I can't see a clan chief changing it and saying, this is the new thing. Throw out your old thing. Yeah. They would be like, "This is this is acceptable. This is the new right. one. This is the this is the like, new one, and this is the one I prefer." Yes. Yeah, so but either would be fine. Of course, this is yeah. That seems much more likely to me. Yeah. No, I'm drawn to like the. I want to do a whole series on what if things. On taboo the, taboo clan <laughs> I'm, I'm going dun, back dun, to dun. the uh, uh, the the 1990s what if comics or what was it? Uh, did, you, did you read comic books in the 90s or no? Eh, kind of. I collected. Okay, there was. The uh, Mac you were like no. Elseworlds or something. Uh, no, there, were, there was always there was a, a, a what if there was like an alien thing that would say like what if you know Spider Man was a woman or what if you know okay. this guy didn't yeah. have that power or what if he died and like it was a what yeah. if comic. Right, um, right, right. If anyone out there knows what I'm talking about, please put the name of the comic in there just so I don't look like an idiot. Um, but yeah, there's a whole what if series of things. It's yeah. kind of a neat thing to go into a little bit i think i think the but i want to say that the general attitude is more is more if it's still expressing the clan's history or culture or pride people probably won't have much of a problem with it you know you, there may be some people who are just like nah, i don't like it i'm sticking with the old one but it's not yeah for the most part people are gonna be like cool there's more about us you know there's more to yeah, learn there's a new more chapter to use yeah so yeah. i don't think it'd be 
I don't think it'd be like a schism, like you'd have a civil war in yeah. the clan and then separate. <laughs> I would split from the clan. Yes. Yeah. What if the Sobieski Stewarts were never, never, never existed? What would happen? That's a very interesting what if. That actually that's is a, a very interesting what if. That's a very interesting what if. That's a mm. whole show in itself got, right the, there, dude. We don't have right. time for this, right? Yeah, we got plenty of time. Not, Why not? No, we don't. 23-hour days, hour sleep. We're good. <sighs> Let's go. All right, Eric. Yeah. Okay, right. Hit us. No drinking. Questioning. You can drink. <laughs> I, I can drink if I want to. Um, what other job encourages you, nay, demands that you day that drink? you drink at work? Yeah, exactly. Seriously. It's well, it's five o'clock by the time we're done the show. Five o'clock somewhere, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's see. Decisions, decisions. I always do this to you, and I apologize. Um. I'm going to give you a lighter one, just because we're, we're in a lighter mood. But uh, Alan Campbell asked us, what brand of coffee does Rocky drink? Have you ever tried Death Wish Coffee or Valhalla Java? That's, Valhalla about, that's Java. about as trivial a question as I can get it. No offense, Alan. <laughs> but. Two brands. The, uh, here at the shop, we have um, a Keurig. So the Keurig, my favorite, which I am literally livid that they have discontinued recently, is the Kenyan AA coffee. Mac, don't get me started on this. The, uh, so we're gonna switch to Colombian, which is a reasonable second, but the Kenyan AA, magnifique. The other, <laughs> Albanac brand coffee. Our good friends from the band Albanac, Jamesy and everybody, oh, have their own coffee blend. And they sent us a coffee from them, their, their own blend. This is actually really good. Um, is it? I have a regular coffee. Is it? I have a regular okay. coffee machine uh -huh. at home, and I've had a little bit of this at okay. home, and not bad at all. Uh, it's a medium roast coffee, and it's yeah, it's reasonably well balanced coffee. I was surprised. I th I was looking at it as like it's funny. All right, James, you know it's a bit of a gimmick, but it's actually pretty good. So well, just you, because it's a gimmick doesn't mean it doesn't taste good. That's very true. It's good stuff. So check out Albanac. Um, great band. Pretty good coffee. <laughs> Just imagining cheesy commercials with them, you know, like like at the, the concert. The best part of waking up is, is the scent of Jamesy <laughs> in my cup. In your cup is Jamesy in your cup? Ah, uh, uh, considering how much he sweats on stage, I think that's a horrible <laughs> idea. Oh man. Uh, I remember. Oh, hold on a second. We got to go into this. <clears throat> was it you with me at Celtic Fling, where it was like? We shut down the tent for the night. We went yeah. over to the, the pirate ship, you know, drinking area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jamesy and Aya and, and I think Big Davey or somebody were there. And this is, you know, going back like eight or ten years. And I'm talking to Jamesy. And a girl, like, they were fresh off stage, drenched in sweat. Yeah. Not yeah, the best odor. And a, a woman come over and hugged him. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. And I was like, we got to get back and take a shower. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. You smell fine, James. You're fine. And I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> you stink, dude. Oh, you just you sweaty. The hair all matted down. Man, those yeah. dudes, they get a workout. Yeah. They get a yeah. workout yeah. on that stage. I've never seen a band, consistently the entire band, more energetic. Than a lot of work. They put on a good show. And it's you know what keeps them going? Albanac coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough product placement for Jamesy. Oh my God, that was Love you, bro. We didn't plan that, by the way. That just had, it was like somebody asked you about what coffee yeah, you no, drink. Yeah, the, the, like, the, the question got the came in. The coffee, so. Yeah. 
No, it's, it's funny. I'm being honest. It's good coffee. So is the Kenyan <sighs> AA. Yeah. Okay. Mac, give us a real question. All right. So we have a question coming in from Possum's Cod. Would it? Okay. Would it be looked random down... animal names? Yes. Possum's <laughs> Cod. Okay. Would it be looked down upon if I wore my great kilt to a formal banquet, or how? Or how could I go about dressing it up to look more snazzy? What's a good hat to wear with great kilts? So there's a two. That's like two a part multi. That's a there. three part. Almost a three part. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty in depth uh, question. How do you wear a great kilt formally? Um, we've answered it before, and I will say this: from the traditional angle, you don't. You're it. it what's what's the finest you know uh, biker wallet to wear with my tuxedo? It's you're you're crossing the streams. It's not formal wear. If you insist on wearing it formally, have at it. I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying by a traditional definition, it's not formal. Yeah. Um, so, possums, if I might, if I might call you that, let me preface this by saying we've had a huge uptick this year in great silt, great kilt sales, and I think it's because there are certain guys out there who have made a really big splash on doing a really good job of wearing it as casual wear with modern clothes. It's awesome. I love it. It's got power. But the way I usually describe it is you're taking something which is very loose and organic in its flow and it's bumpy and curvy and all this kind of stuff, and you're pairing it with formal jacket. Formal tailoring is just that, tailored. It's very crisp, very sharp angles. Rigid straight lines. Yes, it's, yeah. defi it's meant to define you in a very abstract, very sophisticated um, way. And so the great kilt and a formal jacket or other formal accoutrement just doesn't really work. I mean, I could see a great kilt with the hipster, you know, rolled up sleeves dress shirt and just the vest and the tie loose, like some people wear, um, you know, and look kind of like, hey, let's or go, let's go get a drink, you know. But anything higher than that, like going to a wedding or something, I really would not recommend it. Um, going to maybe, I it depends on your personal fashion, though. It depends on the culture you're moving through. Yes. If you're yes. in a, if you're in a, if you're in a, a, a more of a subcultural scene with the the occasion, then they're probably gonna think it looks cool because it's more rock and rolly, more you know countercultury or something like that. That's a good way to phrase it. But if you are going to a wedding, uh, hosted on at a castle, you know, outside St Andrews in Scotland, you know, and half the with family the is Scottish, yeah. and, uh, don't I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so, yeah. That's my thing. Now, now there is a, a slightly larger question of could you wear a historical-based outfit as formal wear? In this day and age, I could almost see somebody wearing very, very retro, uh, like late 18th, early 19th century stuff with a great kilt and getting away with it. People would think you're an entertainer, not a guest, um, or you're giving some kind of a presentation. Um, but we're moving it people are so into doing something that's retro and romantic these days that's why we're seeing people ask about this so i i see things almost <clears throat> going that direction in a way i'm i'm going to draw a quick parallel cuz i'm i agree 100% the my thank you sir my my parallel went to imagine you're at a wedding and someone arrives at the reception dressed as colonial ben franklin <laughs> can it be done sure 
But what are you going to think of that person is either like, oh, they're a Ben Franklin reenactor or they're doing a, a presentation or something's gonna happen. It's, it is a period thing. It is a snapshot of a period of time if you do it in the way you were just describing of yeah. a period piece. Um, and it's to mix it with contemporary formal jackets like a Prince Charlie or a regulation double or something like that, that have flaps and panels that come down that are going to, you know, get, you know, mucked up with the pleats and with the, the part that goes over the shoulder of the raid kilt. It just doesn't quite work. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, Again, it's uh, if you look at modern weddings, they're all over the map. Um, you're doing like a fancy wedding, a historically inspired wedding, a goth wedding, a you know fairy wedding or something like that. Then who the heck knows, you know? And if, if it's that kind of like you know cool kind of subculture kind of a vibe, then you could probably get away with it. But I would not go to your Masonic lodge meeting. I would not go to a St. Andrew's dinner or a Burns night wearing a grit kilt with a Prince Charlie. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're, I don't you're mean. I really don't mean to be a killjoy with this because <clears throat> I want I want people to express themselves, but but I wouldn't recommend that. As for the hat, basically look into doing a, a traditional Scottish bonnet. Um, you can find them online without too much trouble, or you can get somebody who's crafty to help craft one for you. Um, if you look at Outlander or other media sources like that, or some old lithographs and stuff, you'll see it's basically a big giant beret-like hat, big flat thing. You usually flop it off to the side, although they would wear it more like a mushroom a lot of the time, also. Um, that is the traditional hat with a great kilt. I would think, personally, with a great kilt worn casually, modernly, with your leather biker jacket, a beret looks pretty cool. Or a Balmoral, you know. But you wouldn't wear a hat formal. No. Hats are not part of formal Highland wear. Okay. That wasn't too harsh. But it's, there, there's a certain amount of... I got, are I got, are we supposed to be nice guys? Or are we supposed to give our actual opinions? Are we supposed to be right. traditional? Are we supposed I want to be, to be a, accepting I want to be a good reporter. I want to make sure that I'm yeah. giving my opinion, but I also want to make sure that just these. This is the lay of the land. Yeah. This is this is what you can expect if you're doing these things or if you're going this direction. Yeah. Here's the Max traditional. Like, mm. yeah, here's the traditional <laughs> angle, <laughs> but here's here's your wiggle room. Here's, but right. we're gonna be honest. So right. if we've offended you, so sorry. Write your letters to Lucas. Um, <laughs> hey, Lucas, you're you know, you're gonna get some calls this week. That's, that's an outmoded sign language. I mean, it's, it's, does this still represent phone, or is it this now? No, it's I. It, it wouldn't it be this? I guess. I, I wouldn't hold yeah. my phone like this. Yeah, yeah, but this represents it being flat. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> is it my turn? It's my turn, right? Sure. Okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna do this one. This is a serious one. Uh oh. Gary Anderson. Need more scotch. I don't know. Gary Anderson asked us, I'm a black man with Scottish heritage living in the Midwest. I want to kilt up, so he hasn't gotten a kilt yet, but I'm a little worried about the reactions I might get. Do black guys wear kilts? Yeah. There's black people in Scotland. There's, <laughs> There are people who are black who have Scottish heritage. It's not, you know, heritage doesn't have a color. It's part of your own story. And I would also say, you know, extending it a bit, whether you have Scottish heritage or not, if you just dig on the kilt, have at it. Um, it's yeah. not something that should be a, a, a mental curb that you have to get over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So yes, we have in Scottish or we have uh, black customers. It's yeah. Yeah, we have. Yeah, there there are, there are black guys who are Scottish. There are uh, people of color all over the world who wear kilts. I mean, we've got we've got <coughs> customers in Brazil and Japan. Really it's about loving the culture. Yeah. And if it's your heritage, then freaking do it. You're always going to run into jerks no matter where you go. So you may have interesting discussions. You may you're going to have to handle it like you handle jerks in other contexts. Um, there'll be times when you are able to educate. There'll be times when you can't, you know, and you're just going to have to, you know, walk away from bad situations maybe. There's nobody you need permission from. There's no reason you shouldn't do it. It's it's your thing. So just do it. Enjoy yeah. it. Embrace it, you know? If you're asking the question, like, it, t it takes a certain amount of guts for anybody to wear a kilt. If you're even asking the question, you probably already have that within you. Yeah, you're halfway there. So it's just a matter of, you know, just doing it just crossing that little that little tiny curb in your own brain in your own mind in your own brain and just doing it and like eric said there's going to be jerks period like they, like i tell my six-year-old there are jerks everywhere some people are just kind of you know more nasty than others you just have to have a thick skin and just go through it yeah yeah period it's a, it can be a daily thing but uh but it's absolutely worth doing and uh there's there's lots of validation online if you feel like in your community you're a little isolated, um, reach out online because you will find examples of guys who do it and uh, you'll see great examples of people doing it. You also see people who make the same fashion faux pas that we talk about in anybody making. Um, but there's, that's a, if, even if you don't have the heritage, I, you know, it's, it's, again, it's the love of the culture, love of the garment. It's all, it's all worth exploring. So. Agreed. Funnily so. enough, there were two guys whose writings and videos really got me into kilting back in the day before I got into traditional kilting, um, you know, with a lot of help from you. Um, not to sound like a kiss up, but a bit. the uh, um, first it was uh, Steve at you at uh, Util Kilts because I saw yeah, a document. Yeah, I saw a documentary about a team of guys in, wearing Util Kilts for like a world's toughest race thing. And there was a writer I came across named Jimmy Israel, who is a culture writer out of Cleveland, Ohio. And he did a blog, and he had this, uh, he had a blog entry called Sarong Song, because he got into wearing sarongs as an expression of his style, and he called it, like, his sense of warriorship, okay? Okay. And so he wrote about why he did it, and how it had gave him a sense of power and individuality, and why he loved doing it, and some of the reactions he got, and talked about it as a journey, and this blog entry, and I'm like, that's it. That's it. And those those were the two things back like 20 years ago now that really got my brain ticking along like I should do this. Yeah, the 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 individuality and the reactions speaking plainly um, in my mid 20s were probably why I started doing it myself. Um, so, you know, I'm not Scottish, I'm mostly German. So, but that's a good entry point for the whole thing is the individuality, the I don't care, the I'm going to do what I'm going to do you know, come at me, bro, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it makes sense. And it's, everyone comes at it from a different angle. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Have you, know, it. you know what it is? It's like, don't think about the jerks. Think about the validation you're going to get. Oh, the jerks comp, the are one in 20 at most. Yeah, but the but the validation and the compliments are yes. far outweighed. Yes, yes. So. You The positive reinforcement you will get from day one is far far outweigh any kind of negative yep. comments, 
you know, sneering, whatever. It's it's 90 plus percent positive. Easy math. Yep. Yeah. Do it. Go for it. Absolutely. Okay. Your turn. Mr. Mac. So uh, before we get to the next question, we need to introduce our... So who's our uh, kilt ambassador, Rocky? Our kilt ambassador of the month is Mr. Will Whitmer. Will grew up in a family steeped in Celtic heritage, and while he always thought about getting a kilt, he never really did. There was no reason why he never bit the bullet and got the kilt. He just didn't get around to it. Then in the beginning of 2020, he did his DNA research and figured out just exactly how much Celtic heritage he had from Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. That was his aha moment when he decided he was gonna go out and get a kilt. Shortly after he got his kilt, he got a new job and he asked his new boss, hey, do you mind if I wear my kilt for uh, casual Fridays? And his boss said, you can wear a kilt every day if you want to. Nice. So flipped his switch. He decided, all right, that's it. I'm gonna wear a kilt every day. He went whole hog. The man got serious. He has eight kilts with one on the way. He's also an active member of Combat Veterans Motorcycle Club. He actually got a kilt in their tartan as well. Think of him kind of as a veteran's support group with a motorcycle problem. Will is passionate about mental health. He himself suffers from PTSD, depression, and anxiety. He's found a wonderful support group in the club, and he wants to share that structure with other people as well. It's a wonderful group of veterans helping veterans who are struggling. Check out their website, combatvet.us. And with that, I want to raise my glass to a passionate serial kilter and a compassionate man, Will Whitmer. Sancha. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he is. He's 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 definitely jumped, you know, jumped in with both feet. He's drinking the Kool-Aid. He's mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. in there. <clears throat> I, think, I think getting having a boss who's not a kilt salesman <laughs> say you can wear a kilt every day at work, there's a lot of guys who would envy that position. And I can totally see Absolutely. If that had been my situation back in the day, I could easily imagine coming home to my wife and saying, uh, Hey, honey, I have a work expense I gotta deal with. A company uniform I gotta step up. Now, for. can you write it off as company uniform? Hmm. We've talked about this a little bit before. Like, if you're a realtor, if you made it part of your shtick, how you're yep. marketing your business, then I think you could. If you're just going into the call center every day, if it's then maybe your not. business though versus just right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, will buy more kilts. Try to write them off. <laughs> Seek the advice of your accountant. See if you're allowed to write them off. Yeah. And if, if so, great. If not, man. We support you. You tried. Very good. Mr. Mack, next right. question, pretty please. So we have Zach <coughs> asking, uh, my kilt pin gets caught on things in my shop. Mm. So in a casual working position, is it taboo not to wear a kilt pin like Rocky's doing right now? Insert lack of kilt pin here. <laughs> um Dun dun dun. Um, no, it's when I wear a kilt around the shop, um, and I'm I know I'm going to be up and down running around. If I'm at a festival, I tend to not wear them because I know it could potentially be caught on things. Um, I'm I'm also not you know full disclosure. You know, I'm I'm talking against sales here. Um, I'm not a, a a kilt pin guy. It's a bit of jewelry. You know the only jewelry I wear is my wedding ring. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of meh on it some guys love it don't think the kilt looks complete without it i wear it on occasion yes but it's not something you need to do it's not like you're you're missing your sporin or you're missing your shirt right you know there, there's there's parts of it that are a little you know uh, personal preference 
Well, I mean, technically, you don't have to wear a sporn either. <clears throat> sure, you don't you have may not to. Get but it doesn't. The restaurant, but to my the, uh, to my to my mind, it doesn't look quite complete without a sporn mm -hmm. on a traditional kilt. Mm -hmm. But you're also, but you're there. You go. That's your that's your subjective yep. subjective yep, yep. Uh, attitude as a, tra a traditional guy. Yeah, kilpins are totally optional. Um, they're a lot of fun, but uh, I've said this before. You know, back in the days when every week I had to vacuum the production area and the showroom. I'd get the vacuum cleaner cord stuck on my pin and it drove me crazy. Um, and I had some damage to kilts as a result of that. So I very quickly opted to not wearing a pin on days when I was doing chores like that. It's just, you know, context is king, as we often say. And uh, it's 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 optional bling. So don't worry about it. You're not breaking protocol. There's not protocols the way people think there are. Yeah. There's custom and there's, there's common sense and there's the intersection of the two. So. Agreed. It's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. If you like it, do it. Mm -hmm. If you don't, don't. Yep. Cool. Was that Mac or was that I you? I think that was Mac. So I'll do another one. He's humming over there. That's why I'm... No, uh, Zach uh, just made a comment back. He said he uh, he makes custom knives and swords. Do you know? <laughs> so how do you do that as a kilt pin? That's hmm. on the weight. That's... Hmm. Well, I'm, hmm. I'm assuming when he's forging, he's uh, it's getting caught in <laughs> stuff. Little ball peen hammer. Mm -hmm. oh. Now Zach. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I'm yeah. curious to know if no. Zach, if you, if you kilt up when you're working at the forge, because I have I have friends who are blacksmiths and the opinions are mixed on whether or not they like wearing a kilt when they're working. Um, my one friend is concerned about, uh, you know, getting slag burns on his lo yeah. slag and stuff on his lower legs. Other guys are like, meh, don't care. But uh, hmm, gee, maybe maybe Zach maybe Zach needs to do some commission work for for our mantelpiece someday. <laughs> We don't have enough weapons in here, Rocky. I know. I have just to so you them. know, just just uh, that sword's way too expensive. Nah. What is, what is the defense of your family worth to you, Rocky? Come on. Um, all right. I have guns for that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not swords in this studio at the shop. Ah, you're no fun. <laughs> I keep. Ah, never mind. <laughs> Rainquest uh, asked us, and this is a this is a cultural question. What do Scottish people think about people who like kilts purely as fashion? For instance, you know, men or women who don't have a heritage connection, they just like the way a kilt looks, think it's practical, comfortable, etc. What do Scots think about people who wear kilts as a fashion thing? Let's go beyond it. Let's incorporate the other. Let's go, what do Scots think about either fashion or Americans, Canadians, Australians, expats, whatever. Non-Scots. Non-Scots wearing kilts. Um, there's the minority and there's the majority. There, let's start with the minority. Um, you're going to have people who don't like it or who want to be jerks about certain things in any culture. You're going to have, uh, I, I immediately go to this kind of, you know, close the door behind you kind of mentality. There are Scots in the Highlands who would say only Highlanders should wear a kilt. It was a Highland garment. That's it. It should stop at the Highlands, period. Other Scots are going to say, no, 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 I'm from Edinburgh. I should be able to wear a kilt. A kilt is a, a pant, it's a Scottish garment, it's Scottish national dress. Scots should be able to wear kilts, but that's it. You're also gonna have people from you know London or anywhere in England or from Northern Ireland, wherever, saying, no, 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 anyone in the UK should be able to wear kilts, but that's it. You're gonna have Americans, Canadians, whoever saying, well, I have Scottish ancestry, therefore I should be able to wear a kilt. 
but no one else aside from you know, the Scots. So it's there are there's a certain subset of people who will always say, I want to close the door behind myself. I want to draw a circle so that I'm inside the circle, but those outside the circle aren't allowed, but I am, and just I am. Mm. Those would, in my estimation, be in the minority. Based on the YouTube, yeah. Facebook, all that kind of stuff, comments that we get, those are definitely in the minority. Um, the vast majority of Scots that I know personally, whether it's through travels to Scotland, whether it's business dealings, whether it's just, you know, bumping into on the street in Glasgow, whatever, it's, they think it's awesome that you are wearing a kilt, whether you have Scottish heritage or whether you just love the kilt, period. The kilt or tartan is Scotland's gift to the world. It's what, you know, it's, 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 it's Pandora's box. It's been open. People <laughs> love it. Way. And it's one of those things where once it's out of the box, it's, it's it's fun and people are embracing it and they love it. And as long as they're not disparaging it as a symbol of Scotland, in my mind and in most Scots' minds, it's fine. If you go into fashion, every time they come out with the color of the year or what's in this season or whatever, it's always tartan is in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always in. Right, right. <laughs> like, it's never right. not in. It's always, it's either in the background as kind of in, or it's in the foreground as in, this is the thing this year. Mm -hmm. Whether it's Brooks Brothers or Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols, it's always been there kind of floating around. It's always cool. There's something about it that speaks to people yeah. outside of Scotland, as well as inside of Scotland, as well as heritage, as well as fashion. It's a thing. And it's, as I said, it's Pandora's box. It's been opened and people love it. And the vast majority of Scots appreciate that. They see it as their culture catching on and, and other people thinking you're cool. Oh no, please don't think I'm cool. You stop doing <laughs> that because I'm, I'm the only one who's allowed to be cool. Like, I don't, I don't get right, it. Right. There are people who think that way, but as I said, they are the vast minority. I got, I got nothing I can add. That's, 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 no, that sums it, no, I, I think that's great. No, not really. I mean, it's the, I do think you have, um, it's, it's in the world of fashion now. I mean, and I think you, you have different people will take it in different directions. Now that the gift has been given, some people are going to take that gift and enjoy it every day and keep it exactly as it is. Other people are going to do something weird with it, you know, push it so, forward, yeah, push it forward or, or, or change it around. Angle. I mean, you're yeah. going to have for everybody who's, wearing tweeds that look like they came off of an estate, you know, for, for deer stalking, you've got somebody else who's doing the Vivian Westwood thing and going totally crazy fashion with it. Um, so it's not a bad thing. And I don't think I've never gotten the sense that Scots in general feel like the kilt has been stolen from them. There's a, there are a few snobs. There are a few people who, who, you know, are concerned about, about, uh, watering down of traditional culture, we could say, but that's but worrying about it like that is not what's going to help that situation. It's going to be maintaining the traditions and educating people, um, so they see it and have the example is what's going to preserve the culture. You know, being a good ambassador of the culture. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think kilts are fashion. They'll never not be a part of fashion. There will always you know? be the standard bearers, people who say that you know this is the tradition. This is how it's done. As long as those people exist, and I would kind of lump us in with that, yeah. um, pushing the, the culture and the tradition 
aspect of it, it's going to be fine. Even if Vivian Westwood or Johnny Rotten or whoever does something different with it, it's fine because it's a random tangential thing. It's not the whole thing changing. You're not changing yep. The, yep. You know, the clan tartans. You're not changing everything. You're just doing your own thing with it. And then some people kind of follow you down that route for a little bit because they think it's fun, it's cool. Other people will say, nope, I'm going to stick with the traditional stuff. There's plenty of room for both. Yeah, I think, and, and if you're doing something fashion forward with it, you you always go back to the well of the traditions of it. And even if you're seeing that fashion forward of, version of it, some part of your brain still clicks to, this is based on this tradition. You can't, it doesn't exist in a vacuum, yep. you know? There's those those tendrils of memory and association are always going to be there. So I think the traditional stuff is fine. Fashion is cyclical. It's all going to come around. Yeah, whether it's that too. The Downton Abbey effect, whether it's Peaky Blinders from the you know all those shows from or or Boardwalk Empire from the 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 early 1900s late late 1800s, it's it's all becoming cool again, and it will all go through cycles. Tradition will always be there as a common thread, and will move and evolve much slower. And the people, people in Scotland may cling to that, certain people may cling to that a little bit more, but Scotland as a very progressive country will, likes to do fun, different stuff, likes to have the fashion evolution of it. Yeah, that's what, I was gonna, I was, that's what I was going to say earlier, is Howie Nicholsby. <clears throat> I was going to example. bring him up during the, during the Great Kilt thing. Howie Nicholsby's point of, he's trying to make kilts an everyday garment of clothing again. Other people are kind of coming at it from the other angle, saying, no, I'm not going to make denim kilts to make it everyday clothing. I'm going to make great kilts with a dress shirt everyday clothing. And they're just coming at it from different angles, but they're mm -hmm. just incorporating it into their daily you know, right. wardrobe, mm -hmm. into who they are as individuals. Yep. yep. There's no, it's not a time capsule. Yep. Yep. Things move. Things Will move. some people move. be angry about that? Yes. Will some people cry about it? Yes. Do I care? Not really. And, and yeah, it's, it's not that many people. So, yep. all right. So end of the sermon. Here in the last Wash day. As oh. my dad would say. We need doves and oh, Wait, that was mine. Halos. It's Mac's turn. Yeah. Mr. Mac, next question. All right. Since it's getting to be about that time, William Witty Whitmer is asking. Wait, who's that? Our... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm desperately trying to find a traditional haggis in America. Any ideas? Yes, actually. Yes, go to scottishgourmet.com or scottishgourmetusa. It's very, very good haggis. I believe he's the biggest haggis producer in the U.S. No, he doesn't have lung. Sorry for all you lung connoisseurs. Um, so it's not going to be <laughs> Scottish haggis. Um, <laughs> but point, the point is he's got, he's got the right mix of meats. So you get the fat content, you get the texture, you get the gaming, slight gaminess feel to it, taste to it, and he has the spice mix down perfect because he's yeah. he's scottish he grew up with the stuff he has yeah. his, he, he's refined his recipe um if you've ever seen a haggis on any of our episodes like we we did a, a burns night thing where we did a haggis we did the americans try haggis video which has been very popular those are from him uh the only trick i'd say is uh get in touch with them quickly and order as early as possible because they will run yep. out of the smaller size ones very quickly yep. um it is really good and now i'm hungry for haggis i would also say this make sure you're if you're gonna do haggis for you know, whether it's uh st andrew's day whether it's for new year's whatever or burn supper make sure you're uh, doing the other things with it make sure you have the neeps yeah. and tatties make sure you have all the other parts of the meal sure. not just haggis um because they all the food 
bits complement each other. Yeah, the whisk whiskey sauce. It's yep. like a gravy. It's not just pour whiskey over it, but there's actually a whiskey gravy that you can make with it as well. Make sure you're planning ahead. Mm -hmm. Do a little bit of research to get the full experience, not just, hey, slap haggis on a blank plate and done. At the same time, people have done, just like, we're ta just like we talk about with kilts, people have done some creative things with haggis over the years. You can get haggis burgers and fried haggis for breakfast, kind of like Scrapple. <clears throat> um, Sean did an episode of, uh, yeah. I saw it recently, uh, uh, Scottish vlogger Sean from Edinburgh. Um, he did an episode, uh, 24 hours, he does like a 24 hour challenge where he ate haggis for every meal in 24 hours. And he showed different types of haggis. And they had a breakfast haggis, a breakfast yeah. roll with, you know, Canadian bacon oh, style so bacon, good. you know, ham so kind of thing with a flattened, squished haggis bits. Yeah. And I'm like, right on. I'm like, that's not, you know, Max like raising his eyebrow. Yeah. I'm like, that's not actually too bad. I could no, see it's doing great. it. I've it's done, a hearty haggis, breakfast I've, food. Yeah, I've done haggis with fried day. eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, haggis, mm -hmm. a, a little, mm -hmm. instead of like a sausage, exactly. egg and cheese, a haggis. Yep. And I was egg. thinking more like 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 pudding or or like a like a like a scrapple type thing with it. Mm -hmm. I could see yeah. doing that so, for breakfast. Yes, you can get you can get haggis uh, in the U.S. from Andrew, and we're sure it's Scottish Gourmet, not Scottish Grocer. Okay, but um, if if we're wrong, we'll correct it. Yeah, later. Scottish Grocer is another guy, uh, Peter Wilson, who's a nice guy as well. He sells the canned stuff though, right? I he does all kinds of Scottish food. He's a nice guy. He mm -hmm. you know he. I've known him from way we back as we well. We weren't as disappointed but. with canned haggis as we thought we would be, by the way. Um, if you are stuck in canned haggis, it's not as good as the real thing. But, I mean, it is the real thing, but it's not. Well, it's thing. not the real thing. There's no love. It's the dinty more. You know, it's still stew, but. Can, like uh, like, <laughs> like hash. cranberry sauce? <laughs> just yeah. Well, it comes out It comes out of the can like cat food, basically. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so tasty. It looks like cat food. Try some. You'll you want, love it. You want to. Give it a little presentation. Oh. <laughs> Does it come out in the casing, or is it like just no? A there's glob? no casing. No, it's just it's just like uh, it's the meat filling itself. There's so no it's casing. Like, it's like it's hash, can. like a can of yes, hash coming out. It's like a can of hash coming out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put a little mint leaf on top and call it done. It, does it maintain the shape of the can like cranberry yes. sauce at Thanksgiving? It does kind of. Yeah. Oh, good God! At least it did for me. But uh, I've yeah. never had canned haggis. I've only had Andrews. And and stuff at like St. Andrews. Here's the, here's here's the ringer though. You can make your own. Um, I have made. I found years ago. I found oddly enough a crock pot haggis recipe, and making it taste right again comes down to having a, a good the mix right of spices. Yep. The right spices and a nice mix of meats. Um, mine called for like basically part ground beef, part ground lamb. Some people will get will use rabbit if they can get it, um, but lamb makes a huge difference. You want that. You want that kind of fatty meat and then um the Lord. spices the spice mix and uh the onions and i actually liked my crock pot haggis turned out pretty well just these crock huge... pots are good stuff dude yeah oh we yeah cook a lot of cool just made this huge giant meatball of the haggis and put them in the crock pot and eight hours later it's pretty good and i'm sure there are other recipes out there too so yeah go for it absolutely mr eric yes, you're sir. up okay I just wanted to talk about haggis more. You sure we can't talk about haggis more? Okay. Tim Murray Stenger asked us, what do you think about alpaca wool kilts for people who are allergic to wool? Is that even a thing? Are there Shh. alpaca kilts? Um, no. No, most, most of the wool for kilts comes from New Zealand. 
here, here's the thing that most people don't understand. It's not usually Scottish sheep providing the wool. It's usually New Zealand. It's a huge industry down there. Mm-hmm. So alpaca, sure, it could be done, um, but you would have to have everything custom done. It's, I'm, I'm hearkening back to, who's that The guy? Did you ever see the video? The guy was like, I'm going to make my own sandwich. I'm going to prove that, I think it was like a... a and I'm not trying to sound political, a pro-capitalism video of why capitalism makes sense from an aspect of, I'm going to make my own sandwich from raising the turkey to, you know, milking the cow for the cheese to baking mm-hmm. the bread to, and like all the way down to the wheat and yada, yada, okay. yada. And he like, he figured out the cost and the time and the effort to make his own sandwich. Right. I'm thinking of the same kind of mindset for the alpaca kilt video. It would be a lot of time, effort, money to have... The, the alpaca yarn spun then dyed then well, let's put let's put this yeah. let's put in a different hypothetical I then I don't it know it doesn't exist I only yeah I only th- usually think of alpaca as a as a very fluffy kind of a yarn so it's hard for me to imagine it being woven into a tight enough weave to be a good equivalent to uh, tartan you know worsted um, you could do you know? it like merino you could do it. Yeah. It would just be it's 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 how it's woven, how the loom is set up. Mm-hmm. It's you just it depends on the spinning of the yarn. It's, it's longer hair, so it would be a fine thing to spin. Um, yeah, the shorter hair would be would a little it, bit more difficult. Would it be a viable option for some mill out there to say we're gonna pr- do a non-wool tartan that is not man-made plasticky stuff, you know, or rayon or whatever? Sure, somebody should do it and then sell me the cloth. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go out of my. It's gonna be extremely expensive and time-consuming to come up with your own uh, whole tartan catalog of of tartans that you would want to produce in this just for X reason. Mm-hmm. Um, the wheels already invented. Don't reinvent the wheel to some degree. Gotcha. There are uh, the number of people who would need a non-wool alternative who don't like polyviscose um, are few and far between. Can it be done? Sure. Um, Can it be done well? Probably. I believe it can. Okay. Um, Okay. Would it be very, very cost prohibitive? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because there's not enough. It's just economy of scale. There's not enough people who would demand it. Gotcha. Or who would want to order it. If you have a group of, you know, uh, people who are allergic to woolunited.com who want to get in on Scottish people who are allergic to wool.com um, who want to get in on a huge custom run of one particular tartan to be able to dye it and all that kind of stuff. Yes, it can be done, but it's going to be, it's going to be expensive. And then okay. you have to find a mill, somebody with the, the capabilities to actually weave the cloth and the knowledge to weave the cloth um, who would be willing to do it based on your yarn, not their yarn, which I don't necessarily think would be a problem. Um, okay. But there's there's definitely hurdles. There you go. Don't look for anytime soon. Bit of a shaggy dog answer, but it's I like the yeah. We uh, may need to go a little long. I'm, I'm afraid Max probably getting buried in questions over yeah, here. I'm, I'm still thinking like I just don't see the fiber, the alpaca fiber being able to be. You need so much more fiber to make up the cloth that I don't even think than 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 a sheep. So I think it'd be just cost per. Prohibitive. The, the cost yeah. wouldn't wouldn't work on that aspect of just how much you would how much fiber you would need to make the same amount you would 
out of what you'd yeah, have to it, it it'd could have be, to be more a blend. expensive it would have to be a blend the it wouldn't have to be you could do it well, straight and straight but it's a matter of cost is already out the window on the question because well, yeah. it's you have to buy x kilos of yarn then you have to dye x kilos of yarn at a yarn dyer and then you have to you know send it to the mill then it's it's going to be custom every single step of the way so whether it's you know 80 20 you know alpaca to acrylic or 50 50 or whatever it's not going to be like in my mind that much more cost prohibitive you know on buying 10 kilos of yarn or three kilos or whatever the kilos are of a particular yarn of this versus that in the long run like there's there's so many other things that are going to be adding to the cost along the way mm. that the the yarn fiber content on a small batch isn't going to matter too too much can we eric's getting bored can we pack it in on this and move on to another question does the big hook come out now and yeah <laughs> rock regular ladies and gentlemen let's give him a big hand all right coming up i like Howie the Nicholson. question mac <laughs> no it's an interesting question but how just, long was like the said, answer was that, what, was that like 20 minutes or was that five <laughs> or ten i don't know felt like a lot to me all right Coraline can cut it up she's good at that she cleans up after our messages a lot. I'm exactly. Mac, right, who's up? do you have a question? All right. So we have William asking. He is considering buying a tartan, um, and that mill does not offer swatches for their tartan. Hmm. Um, and he's still looking. Um, what does he would, say what mill? Yeah, uh, what mills don't DC. offer tartans? Oh, because it's oh, custom it's weave. Probably, yeah. Is it a custom weave? Yeah. Um, so what would his options be? Um, hmm. You're looking... If they don't offer a tar- if they don't offer a swatch, it's because it's a custom weave. So the way to get around it is to ask them or you know whoever for a CAD, a computer animated design or computer. What's what's CAD stand for? Computer animated computer, design. Your aided design or aided design. Yeah, whatever. A CAD design. Yeah, whatever. Um, of the tartan, <coughs> which they will print out. It's going to be on a color printer, so it's going to be you know close in the color. It won't be exact. Um, you can also ask them for hanks of yarn just to make sure you're using the exact, you know, you can see what the colors are going to be. But, yeah, if it's something that is a custom design, they can't set up the entire loom and weave just a tiny, you know, six by eight piece just for a small swatch. Does that make sense? Yeah, it can, like, it can get, be, get to be a pretty involved process at that point. But if you're seriously thinking about spending that kind of money to get a custom weave, then it's worth it. Seeing yeah. what you're getting getting into. We go through that all the time when you're designing a new tartan, you know, and I've, I've seen you spending hours looking at, uh, uh, looking at CAD drawings versus thread, you know, and trying to decide, nah, that blue's not what I want, or maybe it's a... So. Yeah, it's a little bit of... Yeah, the, the biggest... Oh, 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 the biggest mistake that we ever made was the Pennsylvania Muted Tartan, the 16-ounce, the second round, where they said, oh, no, 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 we don't have that blue. We have something that's close, and they sent me a swatch and, or a yarn hank, and I was like... Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And we got it, and I was like, oh, it's not fine. So, yeah, I, I hated the design after that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. When you are designing something, or if there's a, if there's a design that exists that's going to be a custom weave, you have to have a little bit of foresight, creative mind. You have to be able to see it um, without seeing it. The other part is, if you are designing your own tartan, and you're asking for a custom color, and you need this color to be, you know, Panto number 8673CZ, then you have to 
trust that the mill can get it right and the die house can get it right, you won't be able to have a, a, a huge swatch of that. It's, it's yeah, it gets difficult. Mm -hmm. They can do a custom die of it, but it takes a little bit more time. Then they're gonna send you a little hanky yarn and you still have to kind of see it in your mind's eye. There's also commercial tolerance, all these things. Easy answer, nope, not possible. Or close-ish. I have a slightly related question. Okay. Bit, since we're talking about tartans in general. Um, Daniel McCuller uh, says that basically, if I want to create a tartan for myself in a modern, ancient, and weathered or muted design, and maybe even hunting, if I want to register them, do I have to pay separate fees for registering every single version of that tartan? Or is it all the same design, but with color variances? So it's only one fee. I mean, are, what point? at what point are different color tartans becoming different tartans? No, it's all the same. If you look at uh, Royal Stewart, there's gonna be an entry in the tartan register for Royal Stewart. It's not gonna say Royal Stewart Ancient and show one Royal Stewart Modern, Royal Stewart Weathered. It's gonna say Royal Stewart. Um, the colors that they use are going to be uh, loosely dictated by what colors you're giving them. If you say dark green or green or light green or whatever, they'll use that when they're registering tartan, but it's, it's not a different tartan. It's the same thread count. It's just a, a different color palette. A orange, you know, Toyota Corolla is the same car as a red Toyota Corolla, just a slightly different color. It's the same car. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not entirely different. You're gonna pay one fee, you're gonna move forward with it. The only time where I would say there's gonna be a little bit less gray area, so to speak, is when you're looking at something like Isle of Sky, where it's a very exact, this is the color green I want here, this is the color purple, this is the color brown, or if you're doing a, a corporate tartan, like if you're Brooks Brothers, and you're saying, this is the Brooks Brothers tartan, it's this Pantone shade of blue, this Pantone shade of gray, whatever. Um, if you define it very, very, very narrowly, then they will register it narrow, narrowly. If you're defining it as, it's a, here's my tartan, 36 you know threads of blue, 27 threads of green, 18 threads of black, whatever, and you stack those up, they're not going to be as precise because it doesn't need to be. It's still the same design. Right. Where it comes to life in the weaving, that's where you have the gray area, that's where you have the play, that's where you can say, I want an ancient color palette, a modern color palette, a weathered color palette. That's where you can really get artistic with it. Um, but in the registration of it, it's just a matter of the color or a little bit of a you know dark red versus red or something like that. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because basically the, the, the one color and the thread count is the heraldic code for the tartan. Everything else is kind of personal um, artistic interpretation. Yep. Unless you specify otherwise, like you said. Exactly. So yeah, if you if you're designing a tartan, go for it. Don't worry about the don't worry about the color variations still after you're done. Indeed. Could be in for some nasty surprises, like you design a tartan and when you convert it over to a weathered palette, it's kinda like Ugh. You know, we've seen yeah. that where sometimes a tartan turns out it looks great in ancient and obnoxious in modern. American heritage. We did a, what do we call it? American heritage antique. 
Yes. They did a slightly different yes. color shift on the American Heritage chart, and, and it turned out horrible. I was like, yeah, yeah, it looks great. It looked great in the CAD design. We got the cloth in, and I put it out. I actually got halfway through a kilt for myself, and I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to wear this. <laughs> um, so apologies to all you out there who bought an American Heritage antique. Eh, maybe they like it. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't my like it. cuppa. Um, Mr. Mac, next all question. Right. All right, so we have Andrew asking, so a tartan I was looking to buy is copy uh, has a copyright but the copyright holder is deceased and their business is closed have you guys ever run into this issue before hmm copyright specifically no um we did the uh but similar yes um when it came to the pennsylvania state tartan um the the gent who designed it i believe was deceased or could no longer be found. We tried contacting a few people. We talked to Brian Wilton at the Scottish Tartan Authority uh, and said, hey, Brian, what do we do here? And his advice to us was literally document the people you have called, the people you've tried to contact, um, document everything, and then just move forward. If, hmm. it's, if, okay. if it's not, if you've tried earnestly to get something done and the people are just not there, then, you know, don't worry about it. Um, copyright, it's a little bit more of a gray area because the copyright may have passed to someone else. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I'd also say this. I'm less concerned if you are doing it for yourself versus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a commercial entity right. weaving it. If, if, if we were to do the Brooks Brothers tartan, and say, whoops, we, we couldn't get in contact with Brooks Brothers. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and we wove miles of the stuff. Yeah, I would That's expect a, a cease and desist letter. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If you're just doing it for yourself and you have evidence that you've tried, then sure, try to get it woven. The other side of it may be the mill may actually say to you, do you have permission from the copyright holder? And if the answer is, no, I tried, but they're dead, they may or may not want to do it. They may not want to touch it from them being a commercial entity. Yeah, they could be concerned about getting caught in the crossfire, so to say. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's have at it. Give it a shot. Um, you know, it's, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission sometimes. Um, and usually my, my, my pragmatic brain goes to what they will probably do if somebody sees a picture of it somewhere and says hey you shouldn't have done that you just say sorry i won't do it again and chances are no one's going to say nothing that's our patented legal advice for you right there yes exactly it's worth every penny yes it's worth every penny you paid for it <laughs> seek legal advice don't listen to me there you go okay was that's that you that was him all right all right here's a fun one uh eileen mccullough asked us what are we doing for Hogmanay this year? It being 2020 and all. Drinking a lot to the end <laughs> of 2020. That's what I'm doing for Hogmanay. Hogmanay is Scottish New Year's, by the way. Oh, yes. So. <clears throat> what are you doing for Hogmanay? Probably a lot of drinking. Um, I will, assuming, they are, assuming they're happening, we'll tune in for the fireworks from Edinburgh. Assuming they're happening. Yeah. Assuming they're happening. Um, well, I mean, you can put on a show. Whether anybody's out there in the park watching is another matter. I would be willing to bet that they will still do the fireworks 
so they can broadcast it at least and people can watch from their windows, I mean, or something like that. I mean, but if they don't, we'll figure out something. You know, we'll 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 have food. We'll have we'll have whiskey. You know, and 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 we'll probably have some shortbread and stuff like that, you know. I mean, I don't I don't live anywhere where anybody does first footing or anything like that. So that's never even been a an option really. Um, I would not be doing first footing during a pandemic. That would probably be bad, badly <laughs> it's also received. Also, a step above breaking and entering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it'll um, be it'll be chill. But I'm I'm remembering during the pandemic, the Fourth of July, all of the the news coverage of you know how all the the major cities are like, no, 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 we're not doing the fireworks display. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. So mm-hmm. basically, the citizens of the country being like, no fireworks display. We got this, fam. And just doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it, right. It, right. I live two miles from the shop here, and it is quasi-war zone <laughs> for 4th of July or any major holiday right. where all of my neighbors love shooting yep. off fireworks, including myself. Um, if I'm going to do anything around the end of the year, right after Christmas, I may invest in some fireworks companies. <laughs> because... <laughs> It's. There I think go. there's going to be a boom in sales in fireworks. I think when yep. when you're told you can't do something or something's canceled, we take it upon ourselves as Americans to just go out and do it ourselves, and we're going to do it. Period. Um, yep. So that's yep. effectively what I'm going to probably do is blow stuff up, <laughs> and and celebrate okay. the the relief that will become. Knock on wood, 2021. What gets to me is the question implies that their assumption is all activities for New Year's, Hogmanay, the whole season is community-based, party-based, going out and doing things social. There are actually a lot of traditions around Hogmanay which are inter- they're internal. Yeah. So, you know, redding the house is is a big deal. Um, doing the, the, the fireplace sweeping, which is actually part of redding the house, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, opening all the windows on the morning of New Year's and smudging the house with uh, a juniper branch. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many people actually do that. My family does. That's basically where the wife of the house goes and opens up all the windows. No, she gets, she fills the house with smoke first. And then at the point where everybody's eyes are watering, you throw up all the windows. And it's basically, it's cleansing the house and setting good luck for the year. And then you, you have a, a wonderful breakfast together. You know, you have, you have breakfast with some whiskey. Uh, it's how she wakes you up. And... <laughs> like the house is on fire. Yeah, just kidding. Kinda, kinda. <laughs> um, but the point, the point is, it's something you would do after first footing is re- done, like, done yeah. and everything. But it's a, it's the personal side of the celebrations, and and we still do stuff like that no matter what. So we'll still do that because it's a family thing. It doesn't have to be a. Uh, it doesn't. It's not out in the community, so it, it's going to go forward. Um, I would say there's probably going to be singing songs over Zoom. There's going to be. Uh, a lot of very heartfelt phone calls and Zoom calls with family members, and you know we'll adapt. Being in Philadelphia, as much as I'm not a big fan, I would be remiss if I did not mention you know mumming. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's going to necessarily go on, but there'll be you know parades around the houses or cul-de-sacs or whatever, or, yeah. or people just running think, down the street. And... I, yeah, I think I think everything about the holidays is. And, and it's important to me in this aspect is it's going to be much more home focused. And for, for my family traditions, it's all about the family anyway. So, um, you know, being heathen, you know, it's everything is everything this time of year, the Yuletide is about the family. So, I mean, you do party with people, but, um, 
but it's it's the it's the dark time of the year, so you want to remember what's important to you, and so we'll we'll muddle through. <clears throat> Here's we'll, the question: we'll, ha we'll have a good time. It's just going to be low key. We'll have a lot more food. It's a little less alcohol, but a lot more food. Will any new traditions come out of this? The fact that there's a pandemic. I think there will. I think there will. Yes. If you all decide to zoom grandma at midnight and sing Auld Lang Syne to her and everybody has a hoot, you're going to do it next year. Never and my perspective happened. is a little skewed on that because my family has been spread out all across the country. If, yeah. you're, if you're used to your family being Fair. within easy Fair. driving distance, then maybe your perspective is different. But I think people, it could be people will accidentally find things that they like or because you're stuck at home. You know, like the whole bread baking thing was a thing. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe yeah. this is the year people add some new flavors to their their foods. Like I'm always encouraging people to find Celtic recipes to incorporate into holiday meals like Thanksgiving or Christmas um, or Yule. Um, there's a lot of foods that people don't think about trying, and the holidays are a perfect excuse. You know, so maybe this is the year that you add Tipsy Laird to your to your dinner table, or Drambuie, so, or uh, or Drambuie. What's, what's the other one? The hot toddies. Hot toddies. Yeah. Yep. That'd be a good try. Yeah. We should do it. We should do that as a try for the show. Indeed. So, yeah, that's my shaggy dog answer. We'll make Quite. the most of it. Indeed. Above all, don't let the virus win. Continue partying. In your pajamas. While drinking. Mr. Mack, next question. Alrighty, so we have uh, <clears throat> Terrence asking, uh, he's, I shoot 1700s black powder muskets in competition. As you do. I want to get a kilt that shows off my Irish slash Scottish heritage. What type of kilt would you recommend for easy care? His comment just kind of just fell off. Stop. So, okay. Yeah. Um, the bots got him. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> he just kind of fell asleep. <laughs> um, he had yeah, we're so long with it. He fell asleep while he was yeah. typing. Um, well, if he's, if he's doing reenactment stuff, then Mac... I'm going to have to throw to you for this. See, I would go a little bit different route. I would go more tweed for this route. Country shooting? Yeah, yeah but that's, that's the 19th, the 19th century. I don't yeah. care. I still like that look. I like it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I agree. If you're going to do the deer stalking thing or whatever. Love it. Would you mind? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but 18th century. He, he says 1700. So 18th, 18th century, right? So yeah. Like a long rifle or something right yeah so okay. in that case okay. i mean you're but for competition he could wear he could go great kilt go he could go great kilt he could go go haul like a whole walking kilt like jacobite style like a little bit yeah. like the later end of that mm -hmm. yeah tartan mm -hmm. coat or something yeah yeah he could do you could do you could do basically any clothing of the time period i don't know um if the i don't know if we're talking about since we're talking about a competition if it's a modern comp modern competition but using uh period Weapons, firearms yeah. or if it's more like SASS where you're actually dressing the part while you're also doing the shooting that's a single action shooting society I don't know. Um, you know if you're doing that then yeah you could have a lot of fun with it if you just want to have a kilt that looks cool um, but it's a modern event despite the um, despite the equipment you're playing with then any kilt will do you know I would recommend wool you know um, if he's worried about washability then he could do PV um, black powder can be messy, but on the other hand, wool is wool. So, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hung up on whether he's looking for a historical costume or a, uh, or a modern kilt outfit for a modern competition that happens to use antique stuff. Great kilt. Prince Charlie and bow tie. 
Oh, wait, that doesn't mix. Somebody uh, told me that one time. Uh, All right, fair enough. Yeah, now. <laughs> um, I will always default to wool. Good luck. Okay. Straight aim. Mr. Eric. Yeah, it's my turn. Okay. Jonathan Kennedy wanted to know, uh, what's your go-to kilt if you're just hanging around the house? Not doing heavy chores necessarily, like not fixing a sink or anything, but just kind of chilling. What is your go-to kilt <clears throat> for at home? The quarantine kilt, um, I might say. At home, I'm, I'm much more comfortable. So if I'm at home Sunday lounging around, I'll probably have on a pair of like baggy, like, you know, athletic shorts or, or flannel plaid pajama pants. Um, if I'm just, you know, relaxing, it's a kilt has a lot of fabric. So if I'm, if I'm at home and I'm being lazy, probably means I'm on the couch. If I'm on the couch, I'm probably laying down. Um, so I mm. wouldn't necessarily wear a kilt because I wouldn't want to, you know, fall asleep in a kilt on the couch. Um, if I'm out and about, it's just whatever kilt I'm in the mood for that day. Um, if I'm uh, if I'm doing yard work outside and I want to wear a kilt, I'd probably wear a PV or utility kilt or something like that, um, where I don't care what other people. Are, I'm not you know worried whether other people seeing me or thinking me or anything like that. Mm -hmm. My neighbors already think I'm nuts. Um, so yeah, it's or if I'm you know if I have a wool kilt that's older or I already have a pull on it or a stain on it or something, I'll just wear that. It's whatever I'm in the mood for. I don't have any specific kilt for homeware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, just for the record, they do market. There is a company or two out there that make, uh, or I comfy should say, kilts. import yeah. Yeah. Um, comfy kilts, like acrylic flannel kind of Velcro or, or elasticized yeah. waistband comfort kilts for home wear. No, thank you. I'll actually default to um, a util kilt or maybe one of my really old PV kilts um, because yeah, I'm gonna lop, lop us on the couch. But at my house, I never know when I'm going to have a kid to chase after or you know a crisis develop or suddenly be asked to go out and do some kind of a chore. So I want something that it's I'm not gonna have to go and change and you know, get up so I can go outside the house. So I will default to like uh, an old utility kilt or an old PV kilt that I don't, if I'm lying on the couch and it gets wrinkled, I don't care. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. also point to this as well. When I dress, I try to dress neatly. Not like from a snob perspective, but I always try to be reasonably well put together, matched, you know, yes, I'm an American mar matchy matchy kind of thing. Um, so even with a utility kilt, I'm gonna wear, you know, a, a shirt that'll match it or, or tone well with it or, you know, look nice with it and look smart. Um, there's, in my mind, the flannel kilt, pajama kilt kind Those of thing. I think they're ridiculous. The, the pleats aren't necessarily going to be crisp. It's not going to look pristine. It'll, it'll right. never look that way because it's not the right appropriate fabric for it. Right. So it's one of those where it's like, it's, it's never going to look nice. So I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, but you're around the house, dude. That's kind of the point of the question is that you're just, eh, there is fair, nobody looking fair, at you. Fair. So what do you well, do? Well, my wife, I got to look good for her. Yeah. There's that. I, that is very I, gentlemanly I gotta, of you. I got to so. match her standard. The, the beauty okay. that is okay. Kelly Stewart Rager. Mm. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> bonus husband points. Um, but the, uh, uh, yeah, it's, I, I always, I prefer to 
If I'm gonna be a slob, I'm gonna be a slob and just in 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 like stretchy shorts. Like lean into know. lean into your sloppiness. Exactly. Like a true pencil. Embrace the okay. suck, as they gotcha. say. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, now I I like I like beater kilts for around the house. Yeah. So Fair enough. Yeah. Was that you or Mac? That was me. Mr. Mac. Like I got one or two more, one or two more for you, maybe one for Eric. Something All like right, that. yeah, so they're really piling up. This guy's either got the best name for the day, or he's a superhero. His uh, name is Knup Defender. Um, so he's got a two-prong Welsh question here. Okay. Ooh. What shoes would be appropriate for a Welsh kilt? And is there any actual history in regards to the Welsh sporn, or is it relatively new? And I'm not going to try to say that the the name. It's right, yeah, well, yeah. right, 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 <laughs> um, right. What shoes are appropriate? Whatever shoes are appropriate for a regular kilt, you know, mm -hmm. pair of uh, uh, wingtips like I have on, um, or you know, ghillie brogues or something like that. If you're getting dressed up, pair of you know combat boots if you're wearing a casual. Yeah. Um, so there's so, no Welsh shoes. Yeah, there are, but they're not specific oh, there are? Like, for kilts. I think there's Welsh. <clears throat> okay. I'm thinking like old timey stuff. Anyway. Um, so no, I don't think there's anything like, that's part of the uniform, so to speak. The mm. Welsh kilt, just for the record, goes back to like the mid 1990s. <clears throat> it's not yeah. a steeped in history um, and or mystery. Uh, it's you know, there it was Welsh tartans designed mid 90s and they exist now. Um, in the same way, there's no steeped in history Irish tartans. There's a couple like Murphy and stuff like that, but it's it's for the most part it's you know mid 1990s with the county tartans and the uh, the uh, the province tartans and stuff like that. So no, there's not a lot. What was the second half of the question? Sporn. Sporn. Um, I think I know the one he's talking about. Yeah, I I can picture it. I forget <coughs> the I forget the Welsh name. What for they call it? it. Yeah. Um, you know, Tony or Dan, the guys from the Welsh Tartan Center, can if they're watching, you guys can chime in. I know sometimes. Yeah, is it one show. of them who developed it? Because I I don't know the history of it. I know that it's not. It's like the it's the Welsh word for bag or something like that. Yeah, it's it's Welsh, so it's all. But I don't I don't know if they based the design on something, <clears throat> or if they just came up with a design that they thought looked cool and slightly different, which was kind of the attitude that existed with coming up with the Welsh stuff in general, was make it cool and slightly different. I know it's a Welsh design. I know they only have two tassels, not three, but I think they did right. that on purpose to be different in the same way that they usually use gold accessories and gold buttons to And they make the tassels longer than the body of the sporn sometimes. Yep, yep, yep. yep. They, um, have a flat, they have a flap closure, often with the, the dragon embossed on it. Yep. Yeah. I think it's basically a modern thing, just to give Welsh guys something that is distinctly Welsh um, you know, just as a kind of a go-to. Yeah, it's it's their. I I give them this credit. They are, and and that was sounding disparaging, but I didn't mean it to be. Um, they are trying to do something different. They're not just saying, "Hey, we're Scottish, but not." It's they're trying to do like their own twist on it, their own take on it, and not just be the Welsh version of a Scottish thing. Yeah. Um, so they they do get bonus points for that. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, yeah, as far as the sporn is concerned, you can use that if you want to. You could use any sporn if you want to. Yeah, we it's, have Welsh sporns, you know, Welsh style sporns, and a Welsh sporn to us basically has a, you know, Welsh dragon on it. So it's, there's different symbolism. You can do things different ways. You can interpret things different ways to incorporate Welsh symbolism into the accessories. Um, yes, there's a Welsh sporn, but I don't believe, don't quote me on that, 
that there's a huge amount of history on it. I don't think there is. Yeah. But we can we can confirm. Yep. Yeah. Well, ask Tony. Exactly. Yeah. So. Mr. Eric. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Every good question starts with Eric looking down and then sighing and putting his face in his hand. That's how all good questions start. So thank you, whoever. My eyes just fell in. on this one, so I will answer it. What sort of armor do you wear with a kilt? What what armor would be considered formal with a kilt? Formal armor. Formal um, armor with a kilt. You're the you're the formal armor foremost expert, Eric. What what why don't you handle this one? I was planning to. Um Thank you for the question, whoever asked it. Um, and uh, I'm going to try and do this without being insulting in any way at all. Um, but uh, you're proceeding from a little bit of a misconception. There is really not a precedent for wearing armor with a kilt. Now, Or if, formal. Is or, or formal. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, if you're talking about, if you're We're talking not insulting about, at all. if you're talking about, all right, if you're talking about the Ren Faire, if you're talking about LARPing, if you're talking about a con fantasy or, 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 or a fantasy type yeah. thing, then go for it, dude. Be, be the Highlander Skyrim, you know, monster fighter you always wanted to be in and slap on the giant anime type pauldrons and everything with the spikes. Go for it. Enjoy it. Doesn't matter. There's no rules. There's no rules because there is no precedent for wearing armor with kilts. This gets back to the misconception that kilts have a documentable history earlier than the 16th century. Um, there's various speculations that you'll find on the kilt being, ev there being evidence for the kilt in the pre-16th century period. It's very tenuous at best. And a lot of the time people are conflating references to Irish Gaelic dress, like the Lenya, as opposed to um, a kilt, okay? The earliest mentions are to something like a mantle, which might be a great kilt. The point being, by the time that we have confirmation that guys are wearing kilts, which is the tail end of the 16th century and into the 17th century, people aren't wearing armor. Um, wealthy guys might be wearing some armor. You'll still have um, chest plates with spalders um, and maybe a Morian helmet and such early. Like think, think like Conquistador up through English Civil War. Most guys are not necessarily in armor because armor is freaking expensive. It's for officers and there's no evidence at all of any Scots wearing a kilt with armor. If you look at the if you look at the earliest lithograph we have of kilts, there's one image, 16th century image, 17th early 17th century image of a guy in a kilt, and one exactly one, probably from being in Ireland, okay. And then by 1641, you have a very famous lithograph of these Scottish mercenaries in the Lowlands, and there's four of them. No doubt you guys have seen the image. There's four of these guys. They've got weapons. They've got kilts. They're not wearing armor, okay? You didn't wear armor. You know why? Because of guns. Armor does not stop a bullet. Um, people have tried, but for the most part, it's not worth it. It doesn't work that well. So you'll in that lithograph, I think some people will confuse that one of the guys looks like he's wearing a, a breastplate, but it's a doublet. It is a 17th century doublet. You can tell if you look at the details on the shoulders. So, yeah, there is no such thing as wearing armor with a kilt. Sorry. Now, the, the one exception would be if you're talking about ceremonial armor, 
like a gorget in an 18th century or 19th century military uniform where the gorget, which is a piece of armor which was shrunk down to become a, basically a necklace as a rank insignia. That's it. I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, geez. Here we go. There yes. is historical precedent okay. for people wearing armor with a mm -hmm. kilt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Three numbers. I'm listening. 501st. The Kilted Stormtrooper <laughs> Brigade. Yes. There are kilted stormtroopers yes. in armor and Yes. Kilts. Serve the Empire. Put on a kilt. Okay. <laughs> yep. I have Didn't I preface you. this by saying I have that... bested you, sir. Good day. Good, good day. Good day, sir. I said good day. Although Aaron, Aaron on Twitch, Twitch does say if Eric does not show up in the next video wearing formal armor, he quits. Oh. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Just the helmet. <laughs> oh, I've got a helmet. <clears throat> okay. You want me in the helmet on the show? I've got a helmet. Um, see now, see now. I want, I want to wreck your and/or Coraline's next two weeks and come up with the best formal armor outfit that you guys have to put together. There's, I've seen plenty of fantastical stuff that's done that looks freaking awesome. It's just not a yeah, historical. It it's, it's, it's not fun. It's not a historical thing. But it's not historical. Correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, if it's a if it's a fantasy wedding, you know, a goth wedding, LARP event, something like that, and you want to have your best formal armor. If you're a, a Jedi kilt. marrying a, co a clone, it's it's okay. Yeah, you it's can all do good. It. It's all fine, you know. Um, yeah, but it's not part of history. Uh, okay. Now, being fun. in the SCA, I have seen people who wear kilts because they it's the Middle Ages as you wanted it to be sometimes, depending yeah. on who you're playing with, depending on the attitude of the people you play with. Um, so they will have kilts, even though they know it's not strictly a medieval garment or a documentable medieval yeah. garment. And, or they'll have armor and they'll incorporate some tartan in it. That's them having fun. It's also the Braveheart effect. We talk about the Peaky Blinders effect. Well, the Braveheart effect led to a lot of misconceptions. Okay? <laughs> just, just a few. Just a few. Like two and three. one of them is the idea of these guys, these medieval warriors in tartan. You know, Highlander did it too. You know, where the main character's got the sort of barbarian-like armor in 16th century Scotland. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Highlanders. That question in, broke me. In Stormtrooper. <laughs> That's the first That's... time a question has broken me. That question broke me. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm Very put, good. I'm going to put pauldrons on my Prince Charlie. It's going to, you know. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Matt gets one. We're over time now. I don't know if anybody cares. It's up to you. Do you have any shorter ones? Um, yeah, give me one second. I just lost where I had it. I just, I moved the screen. We're under time constraints. Uh, okay, give me bots. a minute. It's the bots again. Are there, is there such thing as seamless or flat seam kilt hose? Every time I wear a kilt hose, the seam on the toe always rubs my toes raw. And that's from Zoan the puppy. Um, do the, do the, do our colored hose have seams? There's got to be some kind of seam somewhere because it's your closing it i don't know you have to be closed somewhere i, don't know. I mean every rest of the, the the foot and the calf could be done on the round but i don't know yeah. if you can you got to start from somewhere and it's or you start at the top and go all the way down and then you have to finish somehow. no there is there is a, a knitting way of 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 not having a is there a machine knitting not way. a machine i don't know if a machine a yeah, hand I, think knit way, yes. I think you have to get in the handmade 
Yeah. As my mind's going through it, and it's like my wife has made me null-binded socks for, you know, Norse garb, and that doesn't have a seam at the toe. Yeah. It's, it's basically, it's a spiral, the way you make, the way you do null-bending. Exactly, mm -hmm. I was spiral socks. Yeah, yeah. but, um, but uh, you're looking at finding somebody who's crafty and generous and loves you to make something for you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. They'll be warm. It's true. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, or you just find, uh, if, if, if the seam, if you try to figure out what the seam is, is it on like the top of the toes or is it right on like, you know, by the toenail or that kind of thing? Could be more or less comfortable depending I'll, on how the socks I'll are. I'll go outside the box. I'll, I'll break <clears> the <throat> rules a little bit. Um, I think that there are some kilt hose like um, <clears throat> middle grade or economy grade. If you wore them inside out, a lot of people wouldn't even notice that much. And then the seam is on the outside, not rubbing against your toes. You could okay. try wearing the kilt hose inside out. Interesting concept. Or you could turn your kilt hose into uh, the fake kilt hose that like bagpipers use and wear whatever athletic socks are comfortable for you. Yep. So hose above tops. your shoe, yeah, hose tops. You could do hose tops. That'd be a good, good workaround. Point. Good point. I think that'd probably be the best workaround in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that was helpful. I would, I would try it, um, like cutting the 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 like middle foot off of the hose and then wear a pair of. Uh, like thin dress socks or something underneath. Yeah. Um, I'd do it with a cheap pair of hose first just to try yeah. if it's like really, really an issue for you. But hmm, mm -hmm. creative solutions. Yeah. Indeed. It's very Scottish. Indeed. Thank you, boys and girls, for watching us blabber on for two hours. Until next time, boys and girls. Slanjava. Slanjava. Thanks for joining us, guys. Our podcast theme song is Gold and Guns by the Kilmaine Saints. If you have a question for us, you can ask it during our YouTube live stream the first Friday of every month at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to get social with other kilt enthusiasts, go check out the Kilts and Culture group over on Facebook. You can also find USA Kilts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or over at our website, usakilts.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, Slanjava.